0: collaboration to me is like the best part of filmmaking. That's what sets it apart from every other art form. And that's why I fell in love with filmmaking was because I I call it a perfect smoothie of the arts right you know it, it blends everything down together filmmaking that's the best part and to have that you need so many different collaborators and that's 100%. the best part of the process
1: welcome back to the corner talks podcast i have my good friend here how's it going man happy to be back no it shouldn't be about anything like this is yeah. one life yep, one life.
0: like fucking <laughs> yeah. do it my guy she just got it she totally understood it 20 years old when I started just watching a lot of movies how and it tells a story I want to tell a story
1: talented filmmaker and photographer Derek Delson what's going on buddy how are you doing well how are you
0: I'm doing great on the show
1: yeah of course um Derek it's a true honor having you as a guest on the podcast after having the pleasure of watching Three of your fantastic and acclaimed short films, including The Cross Universe, Telephone Service, Celluloid Dreams, and Here Today. Um, each one of these pieces of storytelling immediately captivated me uh, with their brilliant, uh, brilliantly expressive visuals and emotionally moving cinematic score. Like, that's truly something that stood out to me. And I had to commend you on that. So, congrats. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you so much for like that is such high praise and I, I really really appreciate it the scores are incredible my incredible composer Luke Colombero shout out because he always does so well every member of my crew does and these films wouldn't be made without them but That's your awesome. kind words just thank you so much I yeah I really no for that. sure
1: for sure I really respect that you're a humble guy uh, you remind me a lot like myself like you know that you're talented, but in the same respect, you're still like, you know, I, I owe it to my team and the people I associate with um, because it is it's a collaborative effort. Right. It's not like a one man show just because you're the director or the writer. Um, so I really uh, admire that quality about you. And, you know, it's, it's amazing that you got a composer on um these films because i actually wanted to ask you like was this something you scored through tracks off the internet or like Artlist that's something i use but you're telling me that you actually had a composer um come onto you uh onto your films and and compose something (laughs) so i want to know what that experience is like is
0: this yeah is this like a friend of yours is this someone you work
1: with personally or you reached out to them
0: this is a close friend yeah his name is luke um and i i met him at emerson college where i used to study i'm on a gap year right now nice um but when he was at Emerson, he realized that he didn't want to be a filmmaker. Instead, he wanted to be a composer. So now he goes to Berkeley. Right. And starting a year and a half ago or so, we started working together. And I think it's been four or five films he scored now, and he's just gotten better and better. He's so musically talented, and I've been I've always been obsessed with having a score, an original score. I've used Artlist. I've used yeah, Academic sure. Sound. I've used I've yeah. used all the royalty, you- but nothing can. Can compare to an original score and and when I think that's of my true. favorite movies that's what really excites me that's always been a really big part of enjoying movies to me is yep. having an incredible score so to be able to to do it at this level is I'm I'm so incredibly blessed and so thankful to Luke yeah no
1: of course shout out to Luke um and and I love that you said uh nothing comes close to having a human being like an actual artist behind uh, the composing department right like actually like taking care Absolutely. of the score Um, you know, I've been blessed myself with um, Artlist in the sense that uh, it just works for me with my ear. Like I just works with the the scene. It's evoking the right emotions. But um, I haven't really gone into that step. I haven't really transitioned to getting a composer uh, on board. Um, I know that'll happen as we increase budgets or as I maybe run, be be like yourself, be like you, uh, you and Luke's uh, relationship where I uh, cultivate a friendship and um, figure out something from there. But Uh, Nevertheless, uh, what I'm saying is, uh, you know, soon you come into your own as a filmmaker, right? And I'm sure you've seen uh, how much you've grown and how much now you're delegating uh, as someone that's overseeing an entire project as opposed to when we first started and we were doing everything on our own, correct?
0: Absolutely, it's 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 a little different. Um, because I still do films sometimes that are just me, or not just me, but me and a couple of other people, and then I've also yeah. done really big crews. So there's a little bit of a I contrast, imagine. and then sometimes I act in them too. So yes. a completely different. Um, and I like all of them, but I way more uh prefer way more prefer. That's not in. I prefer. <laughs> um working with a larger crew because collaboration to me is like the best part of filmmaking. That's what sets it apart from every other art form. And that's why I fell in love with filmmaking was because I I call it a perfect smoothie of the arts. Right. You know, it it blends everything down together. And I had a hard time saying, Oh, like what, what art do I want to follow? Cause I I've done so many different artistic, things and and i just filmmaking that's the best part and to have that you need so many different collaborators and that's 100%. the best part of the process yeah no i've learned been learning that myself um the easy way and the hard way you know like i said i've been blessed <laughs> to,
1: in many different ways but um just quite recently like with this project um demon uh it's coming out soon uh, i had the opportunity of delegating uh tasks in the post-production process right and um, the production value uh, has increased, and and we were able to, with our budgets, um, extend help to different kind of people. And thank God for that, because I used to shoot, not only direct, I used to shoot the projects on my own. Um, so I was a cinematographer, and as much as I like that, you know, I, I'm proud to say, like, you know, I think I have an eye, cinematic eye. Um, it's just such a relief uh, to know that there's someone more talented, uh, something, someone of more uh, of an expertise that can say, this is my department. Let me help. Let me help you. Just tell me your vision. So, um, yeah, that's what a director does, right. They, they, they're a leader and they have to, you know, embrace the notion of collaboration. And I love what you said. It's like a, a blended smoothie. Cause that's why I personally love movies. It's all my favorite art forms in one. Um, so it's like the perfect uh, combination, but if it, it, it has to be done right. Cause if it's not right, we all know where it can go, but if it is done right, like I said, and not to again, like inflate your ego or anything like that, but you know, the, the films that I watched, uh, there was something charming about them, you know, like they're, they're, you're really, um, uh, showcasing like, you know, steps of, of being a great filmmaker.
0: I, I really appreciate that. And, and, and from watching yours as well, I, I, I see the same thing. You you have such great work, so
1: thank you. thank that you, that means sir. a lot.
0: And that means a lot coming from you. So <laughs> thank, thank you, you sir. Much. Thank
1: you. I appreciate that. Thank you, Derek. Well, anyway, getting into like, again, um, connecting with you, um, I was deeply impressed and greatly inspired to witness uh, your capabilities of a fellow independent director uh, who's talented enough to transform relatively low budgets and limited resources into high value production, which is what we were just discussing earlier. Right. And before we share with the audience, your incredible creative process in completing these accomplished short films that we keep discussing, what compelled you to pursue the craft of filmmaking?
0: It, it was weird because like filmmaking has been a constant throughout my life it's probably the one thing that's always been constant right but it took me a while to discover that like i started like i've been I, i've been an artist since i was born like i was drawing on the walls when i was a kid like it. i it's in my bones um yeah <laughs> and and my family's always supported me um and like i i i really got into comic books uh at mm. first i wanted to be a comic book writer and artist and then I did professional acting for a bit. And then I did theater in high school and I did all these different arts. And like I said, I found that film combined them. But at the same time, I fell in love with movies when I was like five or six. My dad showed me Star Wars and I went, wow, not only by the story, but also like that's when I started going like, "Okay, but how did they do this? Like, I know they did this, but like, how? how? How did they figure this all out?
1: Yeah, so you took it another step like, further. You didn't just see it as a piece of entertainment. You're like, no, artistically, like, how was this achievable? <laughs> yeah,
0: I, and and that's one of the joys of filmmaking. But yeah. I, I made my own Lego like stop motion films for a while, and I was always making something. But then in high school, I I kind of fully realized, and I got back into making short films. And it's been it's been this, this, you know, craziness since. Yeah,
1: for sure. No, I call it an elusive career. That's something that I mentioned to my guests, because it is like it's there and then it's not. And then you gotta it's like a lot of catching up and wait. Um, You know, people don't realize the grueling, uh, delayed gratification we have to experience um, in, in trying to cultivate these projects, develop them, get them going and then actually executing on them. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's such a grind and I'm really, uh, really, uh, remiss, like not remiss, sorry. I just meant to say like, um, the fact that your father, uh, showed you, um, films and, uh, star Wars particularly, that's something my father did. Um, so he showed me star Wars. I didn't really get the same effect. I'll be honest with you with the originals only because I was watching them on a 32 inch TV and I just, um, Maybe in the in the environment I was in or the setting, I just maybe was a rambunctious kid. I couldn't really sit still and pay attention to it because I was an avid movie goy, right? I just, for some reason, didn't really hit me as hard. And then it wasn't until my dad uh, brought the family to watch uh, Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. And that one for me, I was 10 years old at the time when it came out, uh, really hit me, like <laughs> blew me away. And I still consider it one of my favorite films. And I know people will argue, especially the film community, and maybe even yourself, like they're not that well done. They're flawed, and that may be so. Like I'll nah, I love,
0: that. I right? love Revenge of the Sith. Perfect. I adore Revenge of the right? Sith. Don't so, don't, like, don't get the wrong idea. I love it, <laughs> bro.
1: That one for me. I don't know what it is. It's one of the most rewatchable films for me, and especially the Star Wars films. Like when I watch it, and Hayden Christensen's performance, like. I remember as a kid, I wanted to be like Anakin Skywalker. Like, it was so badass to me. Like, again, I was 10 years old, right? And people might say, yeah, "Yeah, you get older. And I've talked to a lot of nerds, like, oh, you get older and you realize, you know, you're a kid. You didn't know any better. But it really is the same. Like, it hits me hard. Like, it's like, I I just, it it reminds me of when I was back when I was 10 years old and uh, just captivated by the storytelling. I really believe that there's something uh, fascinating about the the darkness of it. Um, So, yeah, like, you know, that to me, when you mentioned Star Wars, it was a very similar experience and uh, something I can attest to.
0: Absolutely, I'm I'm glad that you have the the same. I feel I feel like it's that way for a lot of people, and the same. And that's why yeah. I still love it, and that's I always revisit it. It and it's it's that whole franchise had had such an impact. So I I, I appreciate George Lucas so much.
1: Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know, going forward with regards to like you know filmmaking and you pursuing it um who were your greatest inspirations either from your personal life or from notable creatives in the entertainment industry that served as an influence in your style of storytelling
0: in terms of like creatives my biggest influence of all time is steven spielberg like he oh, nice. is like <laughs> people that know me know that i will not shut up about him okay, okay um i'm i i it's something about his not only the subject matter of his films which i i, I enjoy a lot sci-fi of is my course. genre but it's it's also his style. It's him as a person. Right. I I really look up to him. And he was, I think, the first filmmaker aside from George Lucas that I I really went like, okay, this is the filmmaker behind, and and just really just got into how did he make this? What's his process? Um, I was lucky enough to meet him actually on the set of West Side Story, which is like one of the oh, best wow. days in my life. Were you? It acting, was incredible. Were you acting? I wasn't. Like... I wasn't. Oh. A fr- a friends and I uh, found out where they were filming. Oh, nice. And, uh just stop by the set which was already cool in and of itself yeah, of course yeah but then meeting your biggest inspiration and that he's he's the he's the nicest guy of all time most down to earth like we talked for a couple of minutes he is just like doesn't realize he's guy. a legend <laughs> exactly no which yeah. is which is so rare so yeah, yeah rare. of course of course he, he is so humble and like like when when me and my friend said we were filmmakers his face just lit up like you could tell he cares he really does about young filmmakers and oh 100 yeah it was at one time was
1: incredible. He, yeah i'm sure you know his story right like they came up with a documentary about it he was watching lawrence of arabia as a kid or maybe he was our age and he was like i, I can't be a filmmaker like i can't make something as you know significant and that to me touches my heart because it's like that's what i argue to everybody that's pursuing their passions especially the arts it's like at one time, Steven Spielberg was not Steven Spielberg. It was just a kid. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it was just some guy with the, that name and that wanted to be a filmmaker, right? So until he proved himself, obviously, and that's with anything in life. But people don't realize that. People think like, you know, oh, but he had the talent. He had the... And I'm like, who said? You don't think that there was someone along that way that said, like, prove it, kid? Like, they, everyone nowadays will say that too, right? Like, I have the talent. I can make a film. Look at you and I, right? um yeah. but what i mean to say is like yeah that's where i guess that humble nature comes in is like why he would you know look out for aspiring filmmakers like ourselves right and um you know encourage you to keep pursuing your dreams because you could be and most likely could be right like the, the next uh great filmmaker what, what i often tell my friends and my colleagues is you guys forget like <laughs> the, the, the this generation is done like They're getting older, right? Like, they're not going to be around forever. Like, who's going to replace them? Who's going to take over the new, you know, the new cinematic era? And especially in this dire time, right? Like, with cinema and and a lot of people commenting on the death of it. (laughs) Um, Oh, my
0: God. That's, yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I know know seeing your work that uh, you have a strong passion for great uh, films, right? Like, artistic films. Absolutely. so like what i'm saying is like you have that desire right to to you know be part of that generation that uh could change revolutionize the whole industry
0: absolutely it's 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 definitely uh, ultimately my goal is just to tell the best story Um, exactly that's (laughs) that's that's what it always comes down to but breaking it down i would love to like my 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 end goal is to be able to influence someone the way that spielberg and lucas influenced me but my other big inspiration is my dad because he really helped cultivate my love for movies and he constantly supported my art and he passed away when I was nine. So, oh. um, it, it hit even more. And after his death, I, that's when I fell in love with movies just to an even like higher degree because right. I I found comfort through them and I found comfort through telling my own stories and that, that, that's something that he would enjoy when I would tell him stories. So, uh like film is even even more deeply rooted because of of that and and every film i do i think would he like it you know and and stuff like that and i think he would uh no, he for sci-fi. sure. sci-fi so he 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 kind of held my hands and and and, and showed me uh, how incredible a film could be and and i owe everything to him for that
1: that's beautiful man yeah and um th- that's why we do this profession right like people might ask like it's so unconventional and it's not guaranteed sometimes it's not even safe. Uh, but we do it because it's bigger than ourselves, right? And just Absolutely. hearing like the passing of your father, like it makes sense to me, like why you would uh, chase after your dream even more. It's kind of like you're you're living through your um, through your father's memories, right? Every time you um, pick up a camera or anytime you uh, express a story um, in motion pictures, it's like you said, right? Like sci-fi genre was something that uh, he had an affinity for. So every time you make uh, something that is related to that genre or a film entirely. Um, it always like keeps that memory alive of him. Right. So that's such a beautiful uh, sentiment. I love that. And um, you know, like even for myself, like I just chase this dream every day because I, um, I just, I've always wanted to, you know, see myself go through with it. Um, it's something that I wanted since I was a little boy, like, you know, to be in the movies and be part of the whole creative processing experience. And obviously, as you get older, it gets tougher because people tell you like, you know, real life gets in the way, bills and things like that. And there's a lot of politics involved. But um, I made it this far and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep going. And that's what keeps me going. Right. It's like you were saying, Absolutely. it's doing it for something that's bigger than you. Right. And that's I'm doing it for my younger self, you know, like to prove to him that like it can be done. And it's almost like every time someone tells me it can't be, I, I just keep pushing myself forward.
0: Absolutely. That's 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 yeah. great. I love that. I, I, I'm the same way.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's perfect. And it's some funny because we're always sharing our similarities, but uh, I bring up this a lot. And this is where we and I would differ. Uh, Quentin Tarantino is my kind of like go to my hero uh, yeah. for the same reasons as like, you know, not only his film filmography, um, but just what he represents. Um, and I'll get into that more. Basically, uh, what I always say on this podcast is he's like the rebel, the underdog, um, like no one yeah. knew him. Uh, he had no connections in the business, but he had talent and he had an imagination that stretched far beyond what people could conceptualize. <laughs> and um, he made it happen. You know what I mean? And That's like right. I, I look at him because I never went to film school, man. I never had anyone remotely in film in my family or friends. No one at all, like bare bones dry. But I would watch his work and I would like listen to his uh, interviews and just how he would speak. And he would always say the lines, you know, if you're that passionate about making films, you can't help but make a good one. You know what I mean? And I didn't go to f- uh, film school. I went to films. When he says things like that, it just um, takes me to another world and it just satisfies that part of me that says, you know, I-, I can do this. I can make it happen. So I wanted to throw that out there because it's I respect Spielberg a, a lot. I love him. And I grew up with a lot of his movies. Obviously, a lot of us did. <laughs> um, you know, you watch uh, his filmography and just how much he's reinvented himself over the the decades that he's been in the business is remarkable, right? Like he's just
0: yeah,
1: he you know what I mean, he goes from like Jaws to Close Encounters, Schindler's List. Like if you watch Schindler's List,
0: uh, I, oh, I'm it's, like, it's, is that the it's, same it's film? Oh yeah, it's, it's one of my it's, favorites. It's it's incredible. odd to say
1: like that being a favorite movie, you know what I mean? But the film the the, the filmmaking behind it, like the craft you you just respect it. Like, it's such a beautiful film, the way it was constructed.
0: Saving Private Ryan is another one, right? So just... Um, That's genius. what I like a lot, too, yeah. is that dichotomy between his stories. That's something I chase, too, because right. I, I I love sci-fi, but I also love telling stories in the real world, and he does that so well. And a lot of people doubted him. A lot of people were, were saying, oh, you can't make a serious movie. You can't make The Color Purple. You can't make... Chimera's I remember that, list. yeah. But, but I think it's so powerful that he... He went along and and the 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 biggest thing that you should is trust as an artist, I think is your intuition. That's something that I've always done is just trusting your gut and also knowing oh, yeah. though when when to reach out to others for feedback yeah. and when to trust them and who to trust because you can't trust everyone's everyone's gonna have feedback no. on art. Um, but the the ultimately you need to just like listen like in deep down. What, 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 where am I, where am I going? Where, Mm -hmm. like, what am I, like, Spielberg has a great quote where he's like, um, like the greatest things, um, always whisper, they never shout, you know, like you have to listen to that whisper. So that's something that I always incorporate.
1: Yeah. That's actually a beautiful quote. I remember that quote when he said that. Um, and then he said something like dreams are not in front of you. They come from behind (laughs) or something. Uh, so yeah, remarkable man for sure. And, uh, you know, just hearing you describe him, like, um, his story, uh, it's true, like Color Purple, uh, Jaws, everyone was always giving him a hard time um, on the films that were ended up becoming milestones. And quite remarkably so, like because we were speaking of Schindler's List, uh, I remember in that documentary, he kind of like pulled himself back a bit. Um, he went a little bit soft, as they would say, um, on the Color Purple, like the subject matter involved. And yeah. the way he approached Schindler's List, he was like, I can't have it make that same mistake again, especially like... Um, you know, uh, the respect, it would be a disrespect to my, uh, Jewish heritage. Right. So when I heard that, I'm like, you know, this is, this is a filmmaker, you know what I mean? This is an tour, as I would call it. Absolutely. Uh, this isn't a for hire a director, right? Like that's how I I, feel. I'd say. Yeah. I'd
0: say Spielberg isn't an auteur because auteur is kind of like author. You write, You have to be writer director. Yeah, yeah. And Spielberg right that, hasn't man. written a lot, but he is an underrated screenwriter. The the three films that he's written are incredible. So Which,
1: yeah, I, refresh me on that. What what has he written? He
0: he wrote the 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 only film he's written by himself is Close Encounters. And okay. He wrote um AI artificial intelligence based off of uh Kubrick's original story treatment that he went through five writers with and then the most recent one is the Fablemans last year uh with Tony oh wow Kushner.
1: yeah so, yeah and, and, and I heard great reviews I think at the Toronto International Film Festival it won People's Choice Award which is oh, the yeah. top prize there, you gotta you know? see it You'll yeah like no it. I I I, def- I saw a snippet of it like just scrolling through Instagram on the explore page uh, yeah I can't remember the actor's name but um I think he plays like the grandfather or the uncle and um he gives a whole speech about being an artist and you know how uh if, if you succeed you'll be treated like a god like in glory kind of thing and then along the lines of but it's like a lion's mouth and it can eat you up at any time like i, don't, I I'm, I'm butchering it but it just any artist watching and anyone chasing something that's bigger than them as i was just describing <laughs> knows like that that state that uh, whole speech um really uh hits you hard so, um, Absolutely. yeah, definitely looking forward to watching that because, uh, yeah, I heard it's like loosely or greatly inspired by his life. I'm not sure the details, but, um, but that, that's basically some, some of the notes I've gotten on it. And yeah, man, like he, he's a fantastic filmmaker and, you know, thank you for correcting me on that with the old tour, because you're right. Like he hasn't written a lot. Um, and that's why I think I lean more towards Tarantino is because mm. for me, he's like a badass. He's like, he writes and he directs his own films you know what I mean and that's an anomaly like that's someone like that's very unique um that doesn't need another writer to come in or like any notes from the studio you have to be uh, an exceptional talent a generational talent but it's still possible and that's what it reminds me right it's like you can write and direct films and create this brand um where it's like you're bigger than the actors that are in the film you know what I mean it's like (laughs) the eighth film by Quentin Tarantino like it's like we're not going to go see once upon a time in hollywood because dicaprio's in it we're seeing it because tarantino made it like that's how i perceive it would you agree no
0: it's yeah no it's incredible (laughs) how how much that i've kind of grown out of my tarantino stage okay um, i understand because i i used to be super into him when i first i still love inglorious bastard that's one of my favorite movies right right but but like like i i sort of went through a trajectory like i started with um you know your your average childhood fair and and then moved to more, you know, like Tarantino, Scorsese, and and then I started to venture out a little bit more into silent stuff, foreign stuff, and uh, I think that made me, I because sometimes I'd watch some of the films that influenced him and so on. But I'm I'm, I'm still a fan, but I I'm I'm not the hugest fan anymore. I'm sorry to disappoint you, Daniel. Daniel. No, no,
1: no. It's all good.
0: But um, I still really yeah. like his films. And I'm excited no, no, no. Oh, for... Yeah. Is it the 10th film or 9th film? I, I think, think it's the 10th, right? I think
1: he's working on his 10th or he's hoping to have a 10th and then retire. That's what he was saying. I don't think Once Upon a Time was his 10th. No, it wasn't. It was, I think no, it was 9th. because The Hateful Eight was his 8th. Because that, that's what was funny. Like, it was ironic. Um, no, I uh, I understand what your point... And to be honest, like... I... Like, Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained, even Hateful Eight, like, that era, for me... 'Cause those were the films I watched in theaters, like I grew up with kind of thing. Um, I was old enough, I mean, to appreciate it. Uh, those for me were like Tarantino's films, you know what I mean? Um, once upon a time in Hollywood, I wasn't really too crazy about, even though it had a lot of tropes um from Tarantino. It was very Tarantino esque. So that's what I kind of yeah. admired. Uh like the trailer for me was like badass. Like that's something the trailer alone did it for me. Like I I love the music and the way it was all put together, but Nevertheless, like I digress, um, you know, Pulp Fiction, True Romance. Uh, I know he didn't direct that, but again, the, the writing behind it, Reservoir Dogs, I just look to that. And because I'm a writer myself and I write my films and I direct them, I look to him as a mentor. So I love that, you know, you and I share a very an affinity for uh, significant filmmakers. And I respect uh, Spielberg as much as you respect Tarantino. Um, and that's what it is, right? It's like taking the strengths um, and and the greatest qualities from all these filmmakers and um, being taught, you know, how you can uh, reach their level or go beyond. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. So like I was mentioning before, your outstanding filmography uh, is a work of art that cannot be unnoticed. (laughs) And upon viewing your short films, I began to realize common themes displayed within your stories, including oppression and perseverance. Uh, The first two films, the cross-universe telephone service and Celluloid Dreams utilized the backdrop of the science fiction genre to implement a commentary on political, social, and economic issues. Why did you decide to tell these stories with this genre and explore such subject matter?
0: Of course, I've always loved science fiction. Um, But the thing with me was it, it, it was always hard for me to justify doing a science fiction film because of how much it took. And for the longest time, I was kind of like okay, but I can't make a science fiction film. Yeah. I don't have the budget. I don't have yeah. the the this or that. And my first one that I ever did was even in high school. I made this massive 20 minute sci-fi movie and that kind of proved to me, okay, I can do this. It may not be the most incredible. It, it's not like it was Aliens, it, but uh, I was still able to make something that I was proud of and it taught me, okay, I can do this. So I love science fiction though, because of how it reflects our world. A lot of people like science fiction because it's cool and there's aliens and crazy landscapes and and super cool characters. And I love every aspect of that. But to me, the best science fiction is always science fiction that can basically explore the, the future with themes of the present and reflect our world. That's my favorite. And that's why I chose to, tell the stories within the science fiction genre because both of them are especially cross, uni- cross universe i just wanted to t- take a workplace comedy a little bit and yeah put it was. It inside <laughs> a science fiction yeah. genre i was like i hadn't really seen that i, I, I want to see that explored how would it change how would it be similar um so my cousin and i wrote that together my cousin isaac who i also awesome. wrote here today with and nice. and i i wouldn't be able to to do it without him uh he's an incredible writer and with cross universe we were throwing around crazy ideas and it was it was a blast it, it really felt like coming home to making those lego star wars uh stop motion movies oh yeah i love i
1: love that uh, you just mentioned lego i think every uh not every artist but there, i noticed a pattern of creatives uh, that i speak to on this podcast and off the podcast that have an affinity for Legos or some sort of childhood uh, nostalgia. Um, Man, I miss those Lego sets. They're so damn expensive. (laughs) They've gotten crazy. Yeah, like they just know they're that good and like they've made a brand for themselves. But I'm telling you, man, if I, when I become rich, I should say (laughs) manifest.
0: You're going to buy out the whole Lego set? Yeah, no,
1: I just, no, I'll just buy a set and just build it. Like I I just like, yeah, because there's crazy sets going for like thousands of dollars. And it's like, I would actually Uh, sit for a week or a few days it would usually take me only a day but these sets look like they take a long time and just listen to a podcast and build them oh my god like i'm getting excited just thinking about them but that's awesome Anna. thank thank you for that insight on like the of uh course. science fiction genre um because again it was very well done uh both of them right and i like how unique um and distinguished they were um you like you were describing one was more like a dark comedy it felt sometimes at moments like a dark comedy because they're like with the score being used and um the undertones, it just felt a little bit grim um, because it's, it's a daunting workplace. <laughs> um, but then at the same time, um, I like with Celluloid Dreams, like how it tackled a lot of, like I said, uh, social issues, um, political issues. And it honestly felt very inspired by The Giver. I don't know if you read that novel.
0: I actually haven't. I Like people, okay. people have said that and I I, I need <laughs> yeah. to get up. What, what's crazy is like the big inspiration <laughs> for that is uh, – two short films one is la jeté which is this incredible science fiction film only only with pictures it's not video it's it's told only through pictures from the 1960s by Chris marker that i love the other short film is anima um that was made by paul thomas anderson for uh tom york and then the third and probably most obvious is blade runner and that whole universe yes so blade runner vibes for sure i I didn't read the giver those that was my, those are my, my main, uh, Inspirations? things I pulled from. Source, for, yeah. Yeah. Of inspir-
1: yeah. Blade Runner. I'm happy that you mentioned that because that's, that's what I, uh, the vibes I was receiving and yeah, the giver is a novel, uh, I read in, um, elementary school. Um, basically it's the same concept, uh, similar, um, in the premise of the fact that he can't see color, um, and he doesn't hear music and, He goes to this wise old sage of the community and he's instructed to like learn the ways of the past, like through these memories. And um, that's how it like almost felt, right? Because everything was black and white, and he was like, I'm starting to see color now. And it changes his reality, and that's what happens. Like the guy, I wouldn't say goes crazy, but becomes so enlightened that he just every everything is repulsive, right? Like in his community. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, like I just I, I loved it. It felt very big, brother, 1984. Um, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. And,
0: and I really wanted to explore artificial intelligence because that's yes, something that like yes. fascinates me. And and I made that, I shot that like a year ago or so, uh, last April. And like how much has changed with AI from then to now is actually insane. And I don't oh, I, yeah. I, I could have never predicted it. Um, because you were starting to see stuff last year, but like really at the beginning of this year, this fall, is when stuff really started happening. Like Dali got so complex and stuff like that makes me go like okay like celluloid dreams I was able to explore something that's now becoming even even more of a topic which I was I was happy about Um, right and that's something I want to continue exploring because I think it'll get only more and more relevant to us and I think it is just especially with Elon Musk (laughs) oh yeah with the whole like voices and yeah yeah
1: Starlink or whatever it's called (laughs) yeah
0: that's a web service
1: Enrolling? I can't remember yeah,
0: Neural... I don't know. Yeah, excuse me for my rejection. <laughs> Neuralink, I believe, is the... The, the correct term, right? Why was I saying... Starlink, so? Starlink is his uh, sa- satellite uh, oh, program. Oh, okay, okay. My bad. Well, I got something right.
1: <laughs> it was just a made-up name. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So, yeah, I want to know, because you're speaking of these films, and again, I'm just, like, reflecting on them, like, uh, going back, um, my experience watching them. The first one, especially, the cross-universe telephone service... That one was uh, quite remarkable because the visual effects being used. And I want to know what these two separate films, like the creative process, what was that like in developing
0: them? They were very different, like co- okay. complete polar opposites um, in terms of, of making them. Right. Uh, across Cross universe, I said, I you know, I wrote with my cousin and right. then we shot it um but there was so much pre-production because everything with the screen we had to pre-visualize the screen so we made a diagram we planned everything out beforehand there was a lot of aspects that we had to the production design was a lot the lighting which i did which was it was very very thought out because the lighting kind of tells the story with the red and green and yeah and the the blue of the holograms and that's what i realized with the visual effects is if you want good visual effects you need to have good lighting that matches the visual effects and that's what really made them prosper. But the real like the the real bulk, I'd say like 70% of the filmmaking of 50% maybe of the filmmaking of of the Cross Universe Telephone right. Service was in post. The post process was super rigorous. Um so I edited it and then I did visual effects with my super talented friend Max Lynn. My incredible sound designer Sonny Arno did a fantastic job and we played around with a lot of different stuff and nice luke did the score um and then we had all the voice performers i was one of them friends so it was it was a crazy process but once everything came together it was like wow and with the visual effects i can't take all credit because max really did a lot of the astonishing ones but that was my first foray really into visual effects and i've been doing it ever since and doing that i think was the point that i i realized like to the highest degree as a filmmaker okay you could do like really high production value stuff right um and there's software that's so easy to to use that you could make these effects that like i think of my, what, my some of my new biggest influences are the daniels that did everything everywhere all at once they made it with after effects so it's like there are no oh, more wow pieces. they made all those effects them, not themselves or they hired oh, a, they they, also, yeah it. no it was
1: eight people eight people really so is a true like
0: indie film. <laughs> like oh, I, yeah. I didn't read
1: the the backstory behind that. That's crazy.
0: I saw oh, yeah. the they watch. they graduated from my school. That's where they met. So oh, I had a awesome. chance to to meet them and they awesome. are incredible nice filmmakers. Um but yeah, for celluloid dreams yes. it was so different because it was on film. Uh it was for a 16 millimeter class. Um super blessed that Emerson has that opportunity. They actually have the largest collection of Bolex cameras uh in the world. They have like right. 60 or 80 Bolexes. So they have a bunch of classes, and this was my final. Um, and it was I was really only going to shoot on uh, black and white, but I right. asked about color, and then I kind of crafted this story around that. Um, and I usually storyboard every frame of my movies. That's like my comic book, yeah, so, uh, you know, past yeah, coming yeah, yeah. through. Uh, I love it. It's 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 such a great process. And yeah. I did across the universe every single frame storyboarded cellular cellular dreams not a single one we went out uh my talented dp alexis we went out into the the field and just like a lot of it was finding good locations like the locations is and the story was always kind of evolving we did we never wrote a script until after filming actually there was an outline but after the edit we kind of put together the dialogue um specifically the story of course was there it wasn't like yeah like i don't know what will happen next yeah, yeah but yeah. It, it was it was a very different process and with 16 millimeter i can't do my normal like i love moving the camera on quick cut it's like you can't do that as much yeah. so you really have to think about the frame you have to think of the frame of course um so it created a very different um feel and uh and i also edited that and that was such an interesting editing process just to, just to to put something together like that and to explore something that it was very different for me it's it's pretty experimental oh. it's a little dark and for a long say, time yeah, people people told me like you you can't really do that like like cuz my 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 earlier films are a lot more i like i don't know like innocent might be the wrong word but they're okay. they're fun like i i don't mind having fun with my a lot of people at film school like it has to be a drama. and has to, to, to say something. And, and, and that is incredibly important, right. but I also just want to make some fun movies. Um, so for th- this was a very big uh, switch for me and I'm really proud of it and excited for everyone to see it.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Like, um, oh, so you're, it hasn't been released. Like I got the special treatment. I got this for
0: all three. Nice. I have nine films that have not released yet.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. And you've made them over the course of how long?
0: Like, Two years two and a half oh wow
1: wow so they just I always get months. too
0: busy and then yeah. I can't really but but I'm nearing a point where I'm gonna have some more time so by next year I hope to release all of them yeah uh, no if you
1: have nine that's crazy man like <laughs> good good on you too um thank you
0: wow no because
1: I'm just like thinking myself as a filmmaker like assembling like how do you have the time like is it just kind of like once a month or every other month like you're just kind of banging them you, out
0: it depends like some of them yeah. were for for classes for applications for projects that makes um sense. yeah but some were just i want to make something uh it, it it definitely varied project to projects um that like I, I never like two years ago i wasn't like i'm gonna make nine short films guys yeah i i i i I kept on like like two of them are web series episodes that I directed and I wasn't going to say no I won't direct that cuz I haven't finished this. So it was a lot of like it oh I a have new thing that I need to do. Um and also like nowadays a lot of my films have like a lot of post, like cross universe took a while in oh, yeah. post. I still have to do a little bit of visual effects for it. Um so there's all these different factors, but I'm super excited for everyone to see them. Cause my last film was like two years ago or so. I did release a web series episode okay. that I directed, Okay, nice. but um, I'm excited for everyone to see the films we're talking well, about. Well, you, yeah, you got, you got con- You definitely have
1: content <laughs> and that's something that I admire because um, I'm all about content and putting things out there. And uh, as filmmakers, sometimes like we, we struggle because what's our next project kind of thing, but you, you got covered for nine films. Um <laughs> you know what i mean um but that's great right like that's that's part of the journey and i'm i'm so happy um that the that people are going to be uh experiencing these films like the way i did um i hope so you know what i mean and if Thank they don't you. they can come talk to me <laughs> but uh no uh you were mentioning the Bullock's camera uh that kind of stuck out to me um because i don't know how to use it and our good friend uh tyler seller uh, i believe yeah uh, yeah yeah you 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 know him um so he's a good friend of mine and he actually wanted me to ask you this question, as do I want to know the answer. Uh, how did you become so adept in using the Bullock's camera? And would you recommend it to other filmmakers who are interested in shooting it on film?
0: I would absolutely recommend it. Yeah. I'll say shooting on film is an entirely... It's a different process. its It's like you need to know what you're getting into. Because number one, yeah. it's expensive. Every single second you're running that camera is should equate to, to 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 money like you know like the money the the sound of the the camera clicking is the sound of coins drop no i'm joking but no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's 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 definitely you 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 do realize how important everything is and how important getting the shot is so i think that creates a different dynamic i'd absolutely it's 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 so i think essential to to learning in some ways um and if i could create my own like film curriculum i would include film, uh, like I've, I've been in love with film photography for a while. So I think right. that's why it was easier for me to get into motion picture film, uh, just because I was used to exposing film and seeing how film reacts. Um, but like, I, I, I think, like, I, I really do owe a lot to my teacher, Professor Amalia and the, the entire Emerson uh, department, because right. that class taught me so much about the bollocks and and what to do and 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 personal questions i had for him and and so on it that that really helps um it, like it, you got to worry about everything with film um yeah. but in the but in the end it's so worth it cuz like i mean i've had some roles that haven't developed luckily not on on cellular dreams but there's so oh, many things you. that you could run into and like I make it sound bad, but like once you get it, once you get that shot, like one shot is the 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 sunset near this place in Boston called the Esplanade. It's like right. this purple sky. You can't yeah. really get that with digital. Like you can in color grading, but there's something about how light interacts with the film, especially with sunrises and sunsets. That like is if you're incredible. capturing it
1: raw, like there's no filter, there's no, like you're capturing it in the moment. Yeah,
0: and and I. You yeah, should totally but, shoot on film. You, you would you, you would love no, it. No, I think I would get a
1: kick. Honestly, I've been saying it for, for Your years. Your boy like, does it. Tarantino's what? like
0: the biggest I know. I was just going to say that for... guy, like,
1: it refuses to pick up a digital camera. But yeah, I just, <laughs> I guess because of like our generation that like, we never, we're not, I've never picked up a film camera. Like, I don't even know how to develop it myself if I wanted to, right? Um, but I know it's possible and I, I want to start small, uh, taking like maybe even if it's just like uh, photos or doing little uh, short clips. But uh, it's definitely a novelty and something that I, I wish to pursue. And that's why I had to ask you because I'm like, yo, this guy's like shooting on a Bullock's camera. And I'll be honest, uh, I'm a little bit embarrassed saying this. I didn't know what a Bullock's camera was. So when I looked it up, I was like, and I saw it in your hands. I think it was on your Instagram. You have a photo with it, no? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, I was laughing. I was like, yo, this is a heavy-duty camera. Like This is like OG filmmakers, you know what I mean? Like back this, in the day. It.
0: It is the OG. It's like the camera when people. It's think such of, icon. like, Yeah, exactly. With the with the turret, it has the three lenses. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. cool. That was really cool. Yeah, I will the three say. lenses. Yeah,
1: and you just switch them. Like, you just... <laughs> that's crazy. It's
0: really cool. You yeah, don't yeah. have to I love out that. lenses, but
1: no, I love that, man. I love that. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, keep being curious. And thank you for advising me on that. I'm gonna check it out, as should other filmmakers, if you can get your hands on it. Um. So yeah, contrary to the first two short films we discussed, um. Here today, another short film that you made was not of the science fiction genre, uh, nor did it explore similar subject matter found in the cross universe cell phone service and cellular dreams. From my understanding, this short film almost felt like uh, a personal depiction showcasing your own struggles in achieving success within the arts. Uh, what was your intention with this film here today?
0: Here Today was really difficult for me to write because I hadn't made a film that was so personal in a long time. The right. last one was my last, like, really big film that I released called Filmmaker, which was about me right. struggling to become a filmmaker. And 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 like you said, people saying, oh, like, you can't do this. Like, you, that yeah. whole internal struggle of a filmmaker as I grew up. And that was hard, but this was even harder because I... For a long time, I've wanted to tell a story inspired by my own with loss, um, but now really felt like uh, a perfect time, and and so and I I want I've always wanted to do more of a dramatic film, uh, but it, it was hard for me to live in that world because when right. you know when you when you make a film you live in that world. When I was making Cross right. Universe, I was thinking about aliens and celluloid dreams. You know, like wh- what acting like a robot would be like. Uh, yeah. like And so it, it, it was hard for me to 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 really go. Okay, I'm going to do this. But my cousin really really helped me. Um, it's definitely inspired by my struggles artistically, but it's de- like that was a part of it. Um, and I feel like it's hard for me to make something without a yeah. character with that's an artist or with Pat, but the big part is my, my father's, um, death, which like had such a big effect on my life. And I thought even more so by telling a film, uh, inspired by it, uh, it, it like film, it keeps things forever. And my dad got me into film. I like all of that coming together. I thought it would make a really special project and one that people could relate to or, or find comfort in if, if they're experiencing, um, loss so I wanted and 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 the other thing is I wanted to really tell the story of a character a lot of my films are more concept driven um but I really wanted to tell a story of a character and work with an incredible actor which is the lead Antonio Gordon who is just like outstanding yeah every day I just I'm blown away by he does little things little facial like because a lot of it it, he's there's not a lot of dialogue there's only phone calls like so he's really really emoting and and to be able to have that type of relationship and really develop a character instead of a concept was 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 really fantastic no that's
1: uh that's great and um you know the best stories uh are the ones that we know and they often say that right for creatives that are looking to what story to tell next um is go after the one that uh is personal right um that you can kind of like express yourself and vicariously live through these characters Uh, for me that's what i've been doing in every film uh, i've been working on since um in some shape or form whether it's one character to all of them or a scene a setting uh just finding ways um whether it's an influence a personal experience to integrate it and that's why when i was watching it i immediately picked up i'm like wow this is very different from the other two you sent me you know because i thought you were like a neil blanc kind of thing like (laughs) doing this whole like social commentary using sci-fi And then this comes out and I'm like, oh, this is my kind of filmmaking, you know, it's like very dramatic and um, heartwarming and, um, you know, sending a message. Thank you. And
0: and I've always been about exploring and and constantly um, evolving. Like one of my biggest inspirations is Bowie. And he has this great quote um, where he's like, when you're, you know, when you feel like you're too deep beneath the water, keep on going a little bit deeper. And that's where you'll really find like you have to be a little uncomfortable um, so throughout my films, like I've that. made right. a fantasy, horror, a film noir, sci-fi, dramas, comedies, and and it really helped me. I love genre. I want to tell yeah. stories with genre, but but it's so useful to be able to experiment with different genres and then yeah. see what frame like the genre is the framework. Like right. the the story doesn't have to be tied to the to the genre. So, but but also there's a lot of beauty in stripping away the genre and just focusing on your character and. And, and, and your real-world world, world um, which I did with here today.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, one of the things that stood out to me, too, from this film was the cinematography, not to discount the other two films, but this cinematography, for me, I really enjoyed, um, you know, the landscapes of New York City um, and the way it was shot um, with various different angles and having the city be almost uh, act as a character uh, next to the main character, <laughs> uh, right? And I want to know, like, how were you able to shoot Many of these scenes, if not all of them, in New York City.
0: So I got to give a shout out because the person that like deserves the most like praise is is just Aton Ehrlich. He's okay. the cinematographer, and he also uh, produced the film. And he is just such an incredible cinematographer. His his Love. his visual eye is incredible, but he's also so technically um, experienced, even more than me in some ways. Like he he just he's outstanding so a lot of how we were able to do that was working with him because right. since he was both producer and cinematographer he was able to really have a good idea of how much we needed to shoot what we needed to shoot and like I walked around and found locations and and I've been working in the city for the last year so I I, I was been keeping my eye out and oh, I really like that place um and finding the right ones for the right scenes was difficult. But the main way we were we were able to 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 film it all those like because it was crazy. We only filmed yeah. for about three days. Um, like two and a half, maybe. And it was, it was a marathon. Like some days it was like going location because there's 13 locations, 25 scenes. So it was running all over. And Aton had a car and and we drove to each location. Sometimes he'd have to circle the block with the car. I'm so sorry, Aton, <laughs> Cause <laughs> like, he'd have to like find parking. It was, it was craziness. Like shooting in the city is no joke. Especially no, I, trans- I, yeah, transportation's the big thing with the city is getting from location to location. But yeah um yeah like it it was just knowing where to film really I I always went there first to kind of get a get a vibe for the area like would it be too noisy would there be too many people like what and then I even with my phone did pre-visualization with different lenses on my phone and so okay which so we were so prepared that's how we were able to do it because we got in and we got out because we we knew we just couldn't like stay there for hours and have a big you know setup we we usually just put the camera on on the ronin and headed to the field um i'm super proud of and thank you for saying um that like the city is a character in the film because that's something that we were always trying for yeah yeah. it's such a big part of miles's story so i'm glad that you 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 felt that um because i'm 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 from long island so oh okay new york city is my backyard and yeah and i adore it but for a long time I was scared of like filming at actual locations, I think. Right. Uh, right. The Cross Universe and my film Spellbound, which is about a witch, and uh There's a Face in my tea, The Noir. They were all with black backgrounds. So like I was able to f- really figure out my visual style and tell a genre story, but I wasn't able to get a ton of experience with actual locations. Um so I, the past year I've been able to get out of my comfort zone. And I was really happy to be able to shoot at all these different locations uh, because locations really can just tie everything together and really uh, they're so important. To a film, no. So
1: yeah. No, uh well said. And uh thank you so much for that uh beautiful description of like how this all unfolded because of course I was looking at yeah, I was looking at New York City and uh obviously been there uh multiple times being from Toronto. And first of all, I can highly re- relate to um that whole concept you were explaining, New York City, big city being your backyard, um, as is Toronto, right? I was born in the city, but uh moved out with my family, um, area called Vaughn. So was just outside of Toronto and um yeah that's exactly the same as me yeah right and it's like that's so that's yeah that's what i'm saying it's like and all all my content or most of it um is shot in toronto uh like lady of the night or one of my recent short films was shot in toronto so i know exactly what it is for me i was more of trying to figure out um was it like a run and gun kind of thing or did you have permits at certain locations
0: it was a lot of Running and gunning, yeah. yeah. Um, I believe or, it. Or, <laughs> or using friends' uh, like uh, apartments and yeah. No, even on was... New York
1: City, like no one bothered you. Like no one said you can't shoot here. You can't do this. I'm no. not sure how it works over there. Like because in Toronto, <laughs> um... they're pretty. They don't really bother us too much. But there, you will get people saying like, "Do you have a permit for the sidewalk?" Yeah. You
0: know? It weirdly, it ha- the one time that happened. I was really young, and it scared me. And it was at my town, you <laughs> know, in a, in a okay. park. Um, but at, filming in New York City, luckily, we were. Not um bothered. Uh, a lot of a a lot of locations were on the sidewalk or something, and, and New York has a really strict law with like you can film at most places, um on the sidewalk as long as you don't set down like a tripod, um, right? Because that can trip people. So so the the main way we filmed was running and gunning with a with a Ronin, and that we were able to get really smooth shots and also change a lot of things um, nice. really quick. So that was super super. Uh, beneficial not having to lug around a tripod and set it up and each leg and all that that was i think the biggest way that we were able to film everything not get in trouble and and get a great product
1: that's awesome i'm so happy to hear that um yeah like new york city yeah it's a beautiful city um and and i wasn't sure like if you were from there or you like moved all your crew there just to shoot something but it makes sense yeah no, i know but i mean but what what an opportunity like uh, we have big cities Not only are they film hubs, but (laughs) great set pieces for filmmaking, right? So we can't go wrong and there can't be any, um, yeah, there can't be any uh, mistake for that. Um, So I want to know going forward, like which short film from the three we discussed did you most enjoy making?
0: That's hard. It's kind of like choosing a favorite kid. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And each of them have like, as as much as I can think of the amazing things, I also can think of the hardships. Um, And sometimes, the hardships on set, if there's so many, it makes the final product so, so rewarding. Right. Um, And that would be the case with here today. Cause that was, it wasn't a difficult shoot, but there was a lot, a lot we had to think about a lot. We had to, uh, it was a small crew, really like three people. And it was, it. so that I think I'm, I'm most proud of, but the one I had the most fun with was cross universe. Cause I really got to to play around and kind of make a story that I wish I could watch as a kid, like that type of, of thing. And I got to just think like, since it's goofy, there's no, like, there's no, like uh, this is where reality is. It's like, I, I could just, with my cousin brainstorm incredible things and some ideas were stupid, some were fun. And <laughs> yeah. that, that process was amazing. And finding that you, you, like you're a writer director and I right. am somewhat, I like story, yeah. but I don't like the process of writing by myself. I love writing with Isaac and I'd love to write with other writers, but I'm I'm mostly a producer director. That's, that's what nice. in the future, I'd like to become more of a right, right. director. Nice. Um, So yeah. And then cross universe, everything coming together in the post and it, that, that was really rewarding as well and and the the visual effects were not fun <laughs> yeah. going frame by frame for 800 frames was not fun but seeing everything come together and being on that set it was it was a lot of fun um so that's kind of a it's like a half answer <laughs> most proud of here today uh, most fun um across universe phone service oh awesome awesome yeah i can
1: see a lot of out of the three of them that one having the most fun um, being put in, you know what I mean? Like, or, or being received from it. What am I saying? It's kind of like, um, you just see sometimes when you watch a film, uh, almost get like a window into like what's happening behind the scenes. I just kind of I got that feeling, right? That you guys had a, an engaging experience and creativity is a risk at the end of the day. So I, I Absolutely. admire that you take that risk. And like, as fellow filmmakers, we all admire, because we don't know whether these films are going to like do well or how they're going to come across. Um, But that's the thing, right? Like, I like that you said, you kind of know your place, like you're a director, producer, and you enjoy writing, but you're not too fascinated with the whole writing process, you rather have someone uh, work with you. And um, I can understand that, like staring at the back blank page, it's daunting, it's grueling, Um, even makes me nervous just thinking about it. (laughs) But uh, when it hits, it hits, and you just oh, got to yeah. find your flow, right? Um, but that's what I'm saying. It speaks to everyone differently, right? It's like us telling someone, why don't you want to be a director? Because there are people that love being a cinematographer, or they like being just the editor, and there's Absolutely. nothing and wrong there with that. there needs to
0: be more of those people, because uh, yes, everyone yes, wants to yes. be a director. And hundred percent. I'm, I'm a hypocrite, because I want to be a director. Um, yeah. But but it's, it's also something that I've learned is it's also so important, regardless of your role, to always try to learn about other positions. Um, while like directing is my dream, it's it's what I love most. I've also done cinematography on a lot of projects, and a lot of my professional experience is in post-production and editing. So all of that, though, makes me a better director so that's some of my biggest advice because a lot of directors will just be like oh I'm gonna wait for a great script to come my way or oh I'm gonna wait until I can get this or get that you gotta go out and do it and you gotta go out and learn it's so easy to learn about film nowadays we are so blessed you know 15 years ago you would have to 20 years ago you'd have to like you'd have to shoot on film or video you you'd have to have crazy money you'd have to go to film school but just what what you're watching this this podcast on like there's just so much and that's honestly how much how i've learned so much about it is through that so
1: yeah that's the thing right like you're a self-starter and um you have a growth mindset like you're not nothing's gonna limit you and that's what i took away from watching your films right again mm-hmm. i don't just see it from face value like it's a great film wrap it up i look at it as who's behind that camera like what what's the thought process what's he's thinking right now and for me the whole again the visual effects was a huge um accomplishment That was, for me that was like telling, reminding me that um there's a possibility right of um, i'm glad like Thank you said you. expanding that's... yeah no expanding your production value right because if you notice a lot of the films i make other than the fact that that's what i have an affinity for right a proclivity to tell dramatic stories um i'm also like refraining from telling stories but visual effects because i have no idea what i'm doing unless i find someone that's talented enough to do it but you take that risk and say no let's write a story tailored like that's going to require us to do visual effects you know you go right in like uh headstrong right so uh like your uh friend was explaining um you know de- de- uh swim a little bit deeper right take that risk um because you never
0: know i wish it was fine. my friend david Bowie, oh sorry but... <laughs> i was like my friend <laughs> i i, I it wish sounded like your friend be... the way you said it. <laughs> <laughs> i uh, to yeah. me he, he he is a friend to me
1: <laughs> okay okay great great um we're all friends here <laughs> but uh before we leave i want to know what passion project do you eagerly desire to make next that's
0: that's hard i definitely the release the nine um that yeah I'm like the on first step on your agenda <laughs> first step but i i really want to continue exploring genre so a dream of my like some of my favorite movies are musicals so i would love to make try my hands at a musical um Uh, Or like a Western or like just keep on genre really pushes me to, to you, you have to think of the genre, but also the story and how it fits. So that would be fun, but like the main, um, and and then of course there's a bunch of science fiction stories that are in my head. Some, I know I don't have enough money for, or resources for, so putting those away. Yeah. A big one is that I want, like is a documentary, which I really have not ever, uh, made, but my grandfather filmed a bunch of incredible super eight footage um starting on the day my mom was born in 19 uh blah 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 blah. yeah uh (laughs) uh, but um the footage is incredible and he's such an incredible person and i miss him a lot so i really want to make a documentary with that footage um so that's another project and i'm always thinking of like i've I have notebooks all everywhere. I have like 5, so it's like always writing down ideas and and it's hard for me to think next project cuz like as you could see it's usually like next 3. Um so and and I do freelance so there's a lot of projects nice. that I'm doing next with that. Perfect. Um but I'm always trying to like do something new and also trying to improve. Like I like I, I don't know if yes. for, like but like the the biggest thing with with me is like it's hard to look at your film from really far because we like we are like especially when you're directing you're writing it it is yours it's your idea you care a lot about it and it's it's pretty much impossible to fully distance yourself and go this is a good film this is a bad film even if it's a great film it's sometimes it's really difficult to admit but the one thing that i always look at is have i improved like that's that that to me is is just the key the the key it's like okay (laughs) what can I do to make myself better at something not necessarily make the greatest film ever because I think a lot of people start with that but yeah. like and you do want to make the best film ever but you also want to be able to improve especially at this level because like of course like it's 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 so so um important so I I'm super excited to see how I grow with future projects and and I'm gonna always try to do something different because to me that's that's like as an artist, I've always kind of like, it's never been a straight path. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. And I really love it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, it's not a It's a non-linear path, right?
1: And um, it's just highly unpredictable. And that's why uh, in a way we're drawn to it, For at least for me, right? It's kind of like, it's exciting right. and both terrifying as uh, Martin Scorsese would describe a film set. It's you're excited to be there, but you're terrified it can go wrong in, in a second, but um, that's why I love what we do. You know, what I often tell people is I want to do this profession, obviously, you know, because it's bigger than me. And uh, for for reasons for yourself, you know, you're doing it for your father and reliving um, those memories and, you know, telling his legacy through these stories, um, like uh, making his memories stay alive. But for me, it's kind of like also I want to do something that no one else can do. Right. And people, people might say, well, Derek is a filmmaker like you. And I'm like, yeah, he is. But he's not me my films are different. this. You know what I mean? And it's like, anyone could be like a marketing coordinator. Anyone could be, you know, a bank teller, let's say. Right. And I know I'm sound like I'm discounting those jobs, but hear me out. It's kind of like the arts is something where you are what the uniqueness that you can bring to it. You know what I mean? You are what define it. It's not your employer. It's not your boss. It's not anyone else. So that's why I love this profession. It's that reminder that I am unique. I'm special. This is something that is coming from my imagination. And the more successful I am at that shows to proves to me that there is an audience um that is willing to share that same idea and also that passion for storytelling.
0: Absolutely. No, that's, 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 I, I relate completely because with filmmaking it's just, uh, it it's, it's such a unique art form um, and it allows for so much like one of my favorite quotes is Roger Ebert, where he says that like movies are like a machine that generates empathy and there truly is no other art form where you can get so much empathy and really f- you walk out of a theater and you just felt for that character. You're thinking about it on the way home. I don't, I've never felt that with a book or anything else. Yeah. Um. And Same. that, that just that feeling. And that that that's also what motivates me is how will the audience think um and uh, well, uh, how will this affect them how will that affect them um and it's just it's it's you know being able to tell stories through your own lens and and, and stories that you care about yeah. is 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 so incredible about filmmaking and that voice but i'm also so interested in the collective voice um and there's something so special about starting with something and then one of your collaborators having an even better idea and knowing when to say yes or no to that idea but some sometimes my best idea like the best parts of 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 the film are something that I came up with by by someone saying I don't know if that's the best way to do it maybe we should try this or that and then just like putting together all of all of our ideas and then coming up with something beautiful at the end like that's incredible for with filmmaking and then still making it personal it's 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 incredible
1: yeah incredible art form and we are that's why we're here uh that's why i believe we exist (laughs) because we're not gonna make it um die we're not gonna make it go away um the the future is now uh with cinema and it, it breaks my heart again i said at the beginning of the podcast where people are saying cinema is dead and you can't blame them like if you look at just the way things have been um but there is still great talent and, uh, great talent to be seen. So I, on that note, want to tell you, like, you know, I I wish you all the best in your career and uh, yeah, I I look forward to connecting and uh, staying connected and, you know, who knows even collaborating, right. Um, uh, this, this, this profession and this platform, I should say, this podcast has proven to me that, um, the world is very small. Um, there's a lot of people that are like-minded and they're just a phone call away so um on that note like uh, thank you again Derek Delson for coming on the podcast and explaining uh your beautiful story of how you became a filmmaker
0: thank you so much for having me um and check out Daniel's amazing films as well they're incredible
1: thank you means a lot coming from you too I should say (laughs) all right on that note thank you again Derek Delson for coming on the podcast thank you everybody else for listening and we'll talk soon